I want to thank the pastor for giving the opportunity again to be here. Thank you so much. Um, and to Church Ella, who came to pick me up at the train station. Thank you, Ella. I will read again from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 1 and 8. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and like perseverance, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and no doubt, because one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Such a person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in how they do. For the ministration of the hour, I will concentrate on the first three or four verses of the text just read. I actually had a sermon in mind to preach titled Almost Cured in Front of Jesus. But over the night, the Spirit of God inspired me to say something else different from that. Maybe if I have the opportunity next time, that can be shared. Having looked into what we are all going through, the Spirit of God gave me James chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, to share about how to cope in this word of hopelessness and putting the words together I checked the meaning of the word hope in Oxford Dictionary it says to cherish a desire with anticipation to expect with confidence. It is also called trust and reliance. That is the word hope in Oxford Dictionary. To cherish a desire with anticipation. To expect with confidence, trust, and reliance. And I quickly brushed through the word hope in Bible Dictionary. It says, abiding, have endurance, steadfastness, patient, waiting for. And the last word in the Bible dictionary says, a helmet. Whenever we hear the word hope, many times the uses of this word come to mind, such as 
hopeful. Hopeless or hopefully. These are the words that usually come to mind. Hopeful, hopeless, or hopefully. And as I was putting the words together, I remembered a story of a man called Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown took his time to build a sand castle. He walked on it for many hours beside the seashore. Finally, when he had completed the sand castle, Charlie Brown stood by it and he checked out what he had done. It was so amazing. It was wonderful. And just as he was admiring what he has built, just a breeze from nowhere came, blew on what he has built, and everything collapsed. And while he was just standing at the beautiful masterpiece that he has worked on for hours, he saw it that the breeze had already blown it out on the level sand, saying to himself, I know there is a lesson in this, but I'm not sure what that lesson is all about. One thing everyone here seated this morning or this afternoon has in common is that at one point or the other in our lives, we have had storms come and wipe out our sandcastles. We have all faced with trials. We have wrestled through the struggles of life. Some of our struggles are extremely tragic. Some, by comparison, are less traumatic. But they are all rare. The Bible refers to these as struggles of faith or as trials of faith. And no wonder Brother James wrote that verse in James chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. And when I checked within the context of what James wrote, the word trial means a test, and it is often translated as temptation in other contexts of the Bible. And the trials in this case, according to James chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, it means the test of faith that comes from the low-grade persecution from outside the church and from conflict within the church. Trials could mean struggles, adversity, affliction, sorrow. But when we are faced with trials, sorrow, affliction, adversity, how do we normally you know, react to it? What has always been our reactions to struggles of life when trials come? Oftentimes, we throw up hands and give up. It could lead to anger, bitterness, hostility, or we turn to something to ease the pain. But all my friends, where I work presently, says to me, Caleb, whenever I'm passing through trials, what I normally do to ease up the pain is to get close to a place where I can drink 
to stupor. Whenever I drink, then my trials or the pains I'm going through will reduce. That is a way for him to ease up the pains. But I want us to know, God's people, this afternoon, that how should we view the struggles of life from James chapter 1 down to verse 2? The first one that we must know or realize is that pains and trials of life, they are inevitable. Whenever, not if, trials of life are inevitable. A man called Scott Pex wrote a book, and the title of that book is The Road Less Traveled. And the first sentence in that book says, Life is difficult. Life we are living in is a difficult life. Trials in this world, they are inevitable. We have trials of life that we all go through day by day. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fairy trial when it comes upon you to test you. It is boldly written in the scriptures that the trials of life will come, but be, do not be surprised by it when it comes because they have come to test you. Do not say it as something strange when they are happening. Trials of life are inevitable. That's number one. Number two, trials of life are unpredictable. Literally, we fall into it unexpectedly. Trials are not planned. We seldom can anticipate when it will come. We don't, nobody will plan to go through trials of life but it comes unexpectedly. They are unpredictable. Nobody will plan to have a flat tire or a crisis or ill health. They are unplanned and unpredictable. When we least expect them, they come. And that's what makes a problem a problem. Number three, trials of life are not all the same. There are many kinds. It has an idea of multicolored trials. They come in all shapes and sizes. Some are minor inconveniences. Some are major crises. We have all kinds and shapes of problems. Some problems are custom made, and we all know it. Problems like overspeeding, that is a custom made. I've not been allowed to drive in this country, because in my country, we drive left hand. But now, I have to struggle how to start driving. The first thing that came to my mind when I was contemplating driving here is that I'm afraid if my license will not be seized over and over. Because the, where I came from, every driver, you know, have the tendency of madness. You drive lovely, you drive without considering other road users, and uh, I cannot even remember the number of times that I've been stopped over speed driving. So some problems are custom made, some crises in life are custom made, and we all know it. And when the scripture says, my brothers and sisters, consider nothing 
but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials. Consider it all joy. No matter what you are going through in this life, consider it all joy. Even when you do not have enough money to pay your bills, consider it all joy. Even when you are struggling to pay for your school fees, consider it all joy. When you are passing through one pain or the other, consider it all joy because it could be a test of faith. I remember the story of a man more than a century ago on the street of Port Hope on Ontario in Canada. A man could be seen walking always carrying a saw and a saw horse all the time. One day, a rich man from across the state saw him and whispered to one of his friends. He says to him, this man looks like a sober man. I see him always with saw on his saw horse moving up and down. Always, he looks like a sober man. I think I will hire him one day to cut wood for me. And that friend answered him, he wouldn't cut wood for you. And he, and he replied, why wouldn't he cut wood for me? And he replied by saying, he has a philosophy. And his philosophy is, he only cut wood for the poor, the widow, and people that may not be able to afford to pay him. He couldn't cut wood for the rich in the society. And the name of that man on the street of Port Open, Ontario, is Joseph Medicott Scriven. Scriven happens to come from Plymouth here. And that's why I picked interest in this story. He was a member of Plymouth Brethren Church here, who took the sermon on the month literally. And Scriven was actually born in Dublin, in Ireland, in 1819. He fell for a lovely young woman, but on the eve of their wedding, the woman accidentally drowned. And the life of Scriven was never the same again. He never recovered from the shock. The Irishman began to wonder, hoping to forget his sorrow. At age 25, he finally settled in Canada. His faith led him to do many jobs for poor widows and the sick. He often worked for, wage, for no wages and was regarded by the people of the community as a kind man. And after many years, Scriven later fell in love again and planned to marry to a wonderful Canadian woman. But again, tragedy struck. His fiance died after contacting a pneumonia. And in 1855, a friend visited an East Craven and discovered that he wrote a poem. And this poem was written for a sick mother far away in Ireland. Scriven didn't have money to visit his mother, but he sent her the poem as an encouragement. He called 
the poem and entitled Pray Without Season. And when his friend required about the poem's origin, Scriven reportedly applied, I mean replied by saying, The Lord and High did it between us. The Lord and High did it between us. Scriven never intended for the poem to be published, but it made us all around the world. And it became a music which we all know today as what a friend we have in Jesus. Scriven died in 1886. Ironically, he also got drowned and he died, just like his first fiance. That's word of hope for us today. Within our crazy world today, there is a desperate need for hope. People are saying, I just can't cope with my life right now. Many times we give up. Many times we look around and we feel like committing suicide. Many times we look at places where hope can be offered, but we are disappointed. When I was growing up as a child, I was born into a very poor family. I needed to grow to become someone in life. And one of my uncles promised me, when you have finished up with your primary elementary studies, I will be responsible to send you to a college. I struggled, I read, I finished. When I finished with that, I turned to my uncle. Yeah, it is time for you to send me to college. And that my, friend, that my uncle says, oh, there is nothing I can do about it now. When you are done with college, I will assist you to go to a university. I struggled to go to college, and after finishing with the college, I went back to him. It is time for you to send me to a university. And he told me, oh, Caleb, I may not be able to help now. Maybe when you are done with a university, I will get it connected to get a job. And after university, I walked up to him. It is time for you to get me a job. And he told me, you can see, I have retired. I have retired. Many times you turn to people that can be of help to you, but they turn you down. All hope may seem lost. All hope may seem lost. But I want to tell you, God's people, for those who seek hope in their lives, there is one sure way of finding that hope, and we can only find it through the Lord Jesus Christ. The hope to cope within is in the life of Jesus. No wonder 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope according to through, through Jesus Christ. We have been given not just a hope, but a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and that will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for our salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the foundation of our hope. His death and resurrection was a confirmation of what Jesus 
declared as truth in his gospel message. God's people, it was also a promise that all that are united to him will be raised up in glory. Paul knew Jesus as a sure foundation. Paul knew Jesus as the only way to salvation and hope. He knew him in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 11, and verses 14 to 16. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength in his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Stand firm, therefore, having guarded your loins with truth, and having put hope on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shut your faith with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and in addition to hope, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the element of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I quickly checked through the context in the Greek Bible when Paul says, element of salvation in verse 17. What does it mean in Greek? In the original Greek, it says, element is hope. So from that verse, I can supply the word hope of salvation instead of the herb hermit of salvation. I could say, and the hope of salvation. And this hope is part of a Christian's armor. It is part of what we should put on if we really want to see God again. If we really want to have peace. If we really want to have the future. If we really want to have happiness and joy. We must have this element of salvation, which is hope of salvation. Paul brings forth in his letter to Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as breastplates, and the hope of salvation as a hermit, hope of salvation as a covering hermit, hope of salvation as a sure way to happiness and joy in this world that is sick, with sin and unhappiness. You see, there are many uses for the word hope in our world today. And many offer empty promises. But as we scan the use of the word hope found in the scripture, we soon realize that our situation in life are very far from hopeless if we have the element of salvation, which is hope of salvation. In fact, if we surrender our struggles and trials to the Lord, peace will come and it will restore our hope. There is indeed hope to cope from him. We literally need to set up our camp within the hope given by, Je by Jesus. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is really the only hope that we have. And the greatest of all hope that is written or found in the Bible. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 to 5, as I conclude. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people, 
and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. And in verse 4 it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was sitting on the throne said, I am making everything new, everything absolutely new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The word of God is trustworthy and true, and this is the word of hope that we have in this hopeless world. This is the only word that can make us to cope in this world that is sinking and dying. This is the only word that can stand as element of salvation for us when we place our hope in him. And I want to say, God's people, as I conclude, that we sometimes struggle with things in our lives that seems to steal our hope. There are challenges in my life that appear stealing the hope that I should have in the Lord. But I have to believe in the word of God. Sometimes future may look so dark here. Sometimes you may find it hard to see through what will happen to you tomorrow. Sometimes devil will put a lot of things around you that may appear stealing our hope from us. But yet we know that Jesus, you are worthy. You are in authority over our life. And he's ready to meet us. He's ready to help us. When we come to him, under his covering of hope, when we place the total trust in him, and we believe that he can save us, when we place our total trust in him as the Lord that can give future and hope, when we place our total trust in him and thank him, he is always ready to receive, to accept, and to save us. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen.